Well, everybody, welcome back for another week of Scriptures Revealed. I know you guys missed last week's episode uh, in light of my schedule. just got away from me, and, um, but I released videos on my Instagram page, on my Facebook page on how to get revelation out of the Scriptures. Now, I've only released two of those videos thus far, um, and so I was going to do them back to back, but I thought I might as well just let you guys uh, meditate on that, and then I'll shoot two more out this week for you and then i've got some great 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 exciting news coming to you in just a few weeks um probably in like the next week and a half actually so please stay tuned you are going to be excited and you're going to love it so stay tuned to my uh, pages and we're going to continue to learn insights of how to get revelation out of the scriptures every single time you read them they have been wonderful the feedback has been phenomenal so thank you guys uh for paying attention to that and welcome back to Scriptures Revealed. We're going to continue our journey in the book of Ephesians. Please do not forget to share this podcast. I want to take time this week to just personally thank each and every one of you for listening, for applying the truths to your lives, for sharing the truths with others. Uh, Scriptures Revealed has been doing an amazing job in the lives of many people. The feedback I'm getting back, I love reading your reviews on iTunes. I love reading your comments on Instagram and Facebook and all of that. It just has been tremendously blessing me to know that the word of God is changing your life, that it is renewing your mind. And one of the greatest things I've heard is that it has made me fall in love with the word of God. I'm telling you, the word of God is one of my absolute lifelines. I was just sharing with somebody a few days ago um, that I did not even really get a social life (laughs) until I was about a senior in high school. And of course, uh, the enemy baited me with that. And, and so it got out of hand and, and got out of balance. Um, but what has always brought me back into sobriety has been the word of the Lord. Where even when I went to do my own thing, go my own way, live my own kind of life, the word of God has always been an anchor in my life because what I did the majority of my childhood was lock myself up in a room with God, prayer, and my Bible. It was God in my Bible. And so I would study and I would study and I would study and a lot of what comes out of me today just comes out naturally because of what I sowed into my life growing up as a child. I was a very unique child. Uh, uh, I guess if you know me now, you know I'm still pretty unique. I'm uh, still pretty uh, have weird moments. But uh, at growing up, my greatest joy was to study the Bible because I wanted to know God and I knew that if I could grab a hold to the Word, then I would really know God. I remember thinking as a child, uh, God, what's going to happen when I get to the end of the Bible? When I read all the stories, I read all the verses and scriptures. What else is there to know after I've gotten to the end? You know, that's such a, a childish uh, prayer to God to think that uh, I've gone through the Bible several times now. And I'm telling you, I'm nowhere near exhausting all of the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is limitless in what all he has to offer. 
and what all he has to reveal and what all he wants to deliver us from and to. And so it has been the joy of my life to continually fall in love with the scriptures. And it has been my delight to help so many of you fall in love with the word of God. It is a power tool in God's kingdom and it is a transformation mechanism or transformational tool uh, for that God uses to totally change and transform our life. I want to again encourage you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your hangups are. I don't care what your personality is like. I don't care if you are introvert or extrovert. I don't care if you are a people person or not a people person. If you will devote yourself to the word of God, the end result is going to be uh, conformity to the image of Christ. That is what the word of God does. It brings you, it changes you, it conforms you until you look like Jesus on the earth. I don't care who you are. I don't care where your family has been and what's attached to your last name. The word of God can change you. I don't care how many times you failed. I don't care how many times you said I've tried it and it didn't work out. The word of God can change you. You said, well, things happen for other people. Doors open for other people. Transformation happens for other people. And yet it does not seem to happen for me. I'm telling you, if you will stay committed to the word, if you would hang in there, you are being transformed. I'm telling you, if you've been in the word for one day, if you've taken one day to read a verse or a chapter or uh, to dive into a book, anytime you put the word in you, you are one step closer to the future you. I'm going to say that to you again. Every time you put the word of God in you, you are one step closer to the future you. Do not let the enemy discourage you. Do not let the enemy make you feel like you're not making progress. Do not let the enemy make you discouraged about the journey that it's taking because transformation is a journey. It is not a sprint. You do not just uh, go to sleep one night and wake up and you totally change and transform. No, it is a journey that you have to commit to. And if you will commit to the word, the word will stay committed to you. The word will be committed to changing and transforming forming your life. I'm telling you it, that that is that is the beauty of the gospel is that it whets your appetite for change and transformation. Jesus busted on the scene and he began to announce the gospel of the kingdom and the whole heart of the gospel is change. I can really be changed. I can really be transformed. I don't have to live in this cycle anymore. I don't have to go around this mountain anymore. I don't have to serve Pharaoh anymore. I don't have to live in Egypt anymore. As a matter of fact, not only do I not have to live in Egypt, I don't have to live in the wilderness. I don't have to live at just barely making it. But there is an abundant life for me. There is a possibility for me to overcome, to conquer, to be more than a conqueror, to be triumphant. To walk in victory every single day. The possibilities in God are endless if you will not give up on the word. So yeah, I'm telling you, I can talk about the word all single day long. I can talk about it. So I can spend an entire episode just talking and teaching on the beauty, the power, and the efficacy of the word of God. I am delighted. It is my joy. If you can get me talking about the word, you're going to see my joy. I'll show it very quickly. It is 
is my joy and my delight. And whenever I want to get focused, whenever I feel like I'm being depleted, I find myself back in the book. It's, it's because I'm not in the book enough. The word of God is my, I'm telling you, it's like David said in Psalm 119, Lord, when my soul was eating the dust of the ground, your word has revived me. That when I need life to come back to me, if I need life in my emotions, if I need life in my mind, if I need life in my family, if I need life to return to my relationships, I've got to eat the word because when I digest the word, what's going to come out of me is the life of God. So you've got to be excited about the word. And I am so, so, so excited that you all are with me on this journey, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with his word. All right. So I went on a whole rant, kind of <laughs> shared a little bit, um, but I just get excited about the word. Now, we are going to close out Ephesians chapter three today. Uh, we are moving right along because uh, we are going to close. My goal is to finish Ephesians in 2018. <laughs> I want to get through it. Uh, and then 2019, we're going to take a different little turn on the podcast. It's still going to be the scriptures. They're still going to be revealed to us, but I'm just going to do something a little different. And I'm excited about where we're headed, but I want to continue journeying through Ephesians because again, reminding you all, since we are uh, reaching the halfway mark basically through this book I want to remind you that the whole aim of the book is that Paul was warning them there are wolves coming to you and there are wolves coming to devour you and what they're coming to, how these wolves that are coming to this particular church is going to devour you is that it's going to cause you to forget your first love and then we get over to the book of Revelation and we find out that's exactly what happened. They let the wolves, they were doing all the right things, but they let the wolves come in and distract them and devour them and pull them away from their first love. And the whole aim of the book of Ephesians was to protect that. It was to safeguard that. Paul wanted them to have an under, such an understanding of the gospel that it made them fall in love with Jesus. I'm telling you that when you preach Christ, what should happen? Why does repentance hit the room when Christ, when the gospel is, is preached? Why does healing take place when the gospel is preached? Because you fall in love with the Savior. That is what happened. They, when people encounter the gospel, they fell in love with the Savior. And when they fell in love with the Savior, they got, they fell in hatred with their sin. They fell in hatred with their bondage. They fell in hatred with their cycle. And that's why Jesus said, you can't have two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. So the point of the gospel is to cause you to love me more. So you hate the thing that's binding you. Cause you to love me more so that you hate the cycles of your life. You hate the kingdom of darkness. You hate every everything about it. And I now I'm falling in love with Jesus. And if falling in love with Jesus becomes the wellspring from which I live my life, then I am guaranteed momentum and progress into victory. That's the whole aim of the gospel is to make you fall in love with Jesus. And so Paul is writing the church in Ephesus and he's explaining to them in explicit detail what the gospel is, what the gospel is about, because he wanted them to know if I could reveal to you the gospel or the unsearchable riches of Christ, if I can give you an insight and a glimpse into the fact that the riches that Christ have for you, they are untraceable, that you will never get to the end of it. You could never exhaust them. Then he said, if I can get you to see that, then I can get you to repent. I can get you to fall more in love with Jesus. And the more you are in love with him, the more surrendered you will live. 
If you have an obedience problem, stop doing behavior modification. That, that, that is what the church has been teaching, and that's why nobody is experiencing real victory. That if you have an obedience problem, because all sin problems and issues is, is all an obedience issue. If you are in, in sin, if you are in a sin cycle, and you know what? Sin is not necessarily this big grave abomination. Now, granted, it does include that. But sin is also anything outside of the parameters for your life. So what's sin for you may not be sin for me. And what's sin for me may not be sin for you. Now, let me let me put that in context because I'm a stickler for <laughs> doctrine as well. Now, there are certain sins that are just sin. Having sex before marriage, I don't care who you are. It's a sin for me. It's a sin for you. It's a sin for everybody. It's a sin. There are certain laws, but there are certain things that, for instance, Samson couldn't do that the guy down the street uh could do. You know, Samson couldn't eat honey out of out of dead things and couldn't have contact with dead things. And Samson couldn't have strong drink. And yet the Bible says that Jesus was was partying with people who drunk wine and 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 he was uh, partaking of the wine. And yet there were people that couldn't do that. Why do you have to learn to live within the parameters of your destiny? Say that to you again. It's what, how you identify sin for you is you've got to learn to live within the parameters of your destiny. But. What happens is that you've got to understand that uh, when you find yourself in these cycles, it's all an obedience issue. It's all an obedience issue. The reason Adam got into the mess he got into was an obedience issue. I don't care where you find, where you look in the Bible, anytime a people, a nation, a tribe, a family ended up in sin, there was an issue of obedience. So the way you address that is not behavior modification. That's addressing the fruit. You've got to deal with the root. And the root of all obedience issues is what do you love? And whom do you love? It is a love issue. The root of all obedience issues is a love issue. If I can get you to fall in love with the lawgiver, you won't have an issue obeying his laws. If I can get you to fall in love with the life giver, then you won't have an issue surrendering to his life. Paul understood that. And so the whole book of Ephesians is about getting them to fall in love with the man, Jesus Christ, so that they would fully surrender to him, fully live their lives, wholly dedicated to him, fully live their lives, changed and transformed by the power of the gospel. So that is is the, the heartbeat of Ephesians. Again, putting that in your for in the forefront of your mind now let's jump to verse 14 and let's walk through this and then i'll let you guys go this week so let's look at verse 14 i'm reading out of king james uh version this week it says for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ hold on right here pay attention to this for this cause what is the cause here you're going to notice that everything in in chapter 3 from verse 2 all the way to 13 it was an interruption in Paul's line of thought because go back to verse one in chapter three. And what does it say? For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. He then picks up in verse 14 and says, for this cause, I bow my knees. He's it's, it's the same line. So Paul is getting ready to pray for them. And in the middle of his prayer, he begins to go on a revelatory rant here in those in-between verses that we walk through. So what is the cause? Putting you back in memory of what the cause was in verse 1 of chapter 3. The cause is that he's been preaching to them the gospel. 
And you look at the last verse of chapter 2. It says, In whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So the whole cause here is that Paul has been teaching them the gospel. And he's been teaching them that God, when you got born again and when you got naturalized into the nation of Jesus Christ, you are, you became the temple of God. You became the dwelling place for the spirit of God. So in, in the Old Testament, when God was dwelling in tents, he's now dwelling in bodies. He's dwelling in bodies and that we are being built into a temple, a habitation place for God. So in light of that, Paul says for this cause or for that reason, because you have been called to house God. I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm trying not to get excited <laughs> because you have been called to house God. Do you know that? That when you got born again, the, the whole aim of your life is to carry God in the earth. That's what you're doing. You woke up this morning to carry God in the earth. You went to that job today to carry God in the earth. You went to school today to carry God in the earth. You are connected to the family you are connected to, to carry God in the earth. You are a God carrier. And Paul says, because that is your calling, because that is the reason why you live, why you breathe, why you have your being. I'm going to pray this particular prayer for you. So as we look at this prayer today, keep in mind this prayer is Paul praying a prayer so that you can be the best God carrier you can be. All right. So that's important to pay attention to. So you can be the best God carrier you can be. Now let's go back to it. verse 14 for this cause. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I love that. I love that. Uh, uh, there are some translations that says of, of whom uh, every family in heaven and earth is named. I personally like the translation of the whole family. In heaven and earth is named because if you keep it in context with the scriptures, Paul has just been teaching us about the one new race. He's been teaching us about the one family, about the Jew and the Gentile being brought together. Now, there is no Jew. There is no Gentile. It is just one new race. And we are a holy nation, a holy race, a royal priesthood, a chosen race in the nation of Jesus Christ. We are all natives of Jesus. <laughs> We're all natives of Jesus. So in light of that backdrop, I believe it was appropriate for Paul to say of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We're all one family. We're all one family. The family that's in heaven right now and the family that's on the earth. We're all the family of God. We are all one church. The church in the wilderness is now united with the church on Mount Zion. We are all one church. So we're one family. So Paul says, I bow my knee before him. And this is what I'm asking him. Look at verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. I like one translation says that he would grant you out of the treasures of his glory. Now, putting this in perspective for you, remember, we learned that the whole aim and, and goal of our salvation, we learned in Thessalonians that the purpose of it is to obtain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to obtain that glory. Okay, that's your inheritance is glory is glory. You should do a study on the glory of God because that's what you've been called to obtain. So watch this. He says that that he the father would grant you out of the treasures of his glory or out of the treasures of what you have a right to. This is not Paul is not praying that they gain access to something that they don't already have a right to watch this. He wants them. He wants God to grant them a part of their inheritance. This is your inheritance. Pay attention to it to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. What is Paul praying? Paul is praying now walking this through line by line so that we can walk through this prayer and see why Paul prayed this prayer for the God carrier. All right. He said, I'm praying that you would be strengthened or that you would be strengthened with supernatural ability because of the spirit dwelling in your inner man. Paul is praying this. I'm praying that you all get empowered with supernatural ability. Why am I praying this? So that Christ may dwell. Remember, he's praying this for the God carriers. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. It takes strength. That's what Paul is saying. It's going to take a supernatural ability for Christ to dwell in your hearts by faith. That is supernatural. That is supernatural. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, what is this supernatural power? Hold your finger there. Go over to Philippians. Because remember in chapter one, um, we learned that a part of what the eyes of our understanding was being enlightened to was to know the immeasurable greatness of his power to us with who believe, which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. So we're back to that power again. Paul is praying. I want you to be strengthened with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Watch this, because the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is going to take for Christ to dwell in your hearts. Please pay attention to me. <laughs> the same power that it took to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that is going to take to cause him to dwell on the inside of you. You've got to have supernatural. It's going to take a supernatural ability. Now, what is this power? What was the power that raised Jesus from the dead? Look at Philippians chapter 2. And let's start with verse 12. It says, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Watch this. Work out your own salvation. What does that look like? I thought salvation was, was by grace and by faith. Yes, it is. The salvation is done by grace through faith, but you work out, which means you have, there is a work involved. With salvation. If there's a work, there means there must be an ability. All right. If there's a work, for instance, whatever your work is, whatever your job is, it is your job because you have an ability to do the work. You have an ability to do the work. Paul says to work out your own salvation. If he wants you to work out your own salvation, then behind that work or what's supporting that work is an ability. We learned in Ephesians 3 that Paul is praying for the God carriers that in order for Christ to dwell in your heart, because huh, what is Christ? Christ is salvation. There is no salvation without Christ. 
So Christ is salvation. He's in order for Christ to dwell in your hearts by faith. You need to be strengthened with supernatural ability. Why? Because you need the ability to do the work. What is the ability? Look at verse 13 in Philippians 2. For it is God which worked in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, salvation is a grace and faith thing because the supernatural ability at work in you is God. Who, what was the power that raised Jesus from the dead? God was the power. God was the, he, God, God was the ability. God, the power of God is the expression of God's ability. It's the expression of God's ability. Paul is praying. I'm praying that out of the treasures of God's glory, that you will be strengthened with God, that God will rise up on the inside of you and that God would work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. See, deliverance is not about your work. It's about you learning to let God work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Healing is not about you doing the work. It's about letting God work in you both to do and to and to perform his good pleasure. So pay attention to this. Ephesians, going back to Ephesians 3, he said that, that you'll be strengthened with might. By his spirit that lives on the inside. So what's this spirit in the inner man? We're talking about the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God that is dwelling on the inside of you. Why? Because God is going to cause you to have the strength necessary to let Christ dwell in your heart by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. I love it says that that may be able. It means not only do you need the ability, not only does God cause Christ to dwell in your hearts by faith, but God is also giving you the ability to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Now, that is the most fascinating statement yeah, <laughs> uh, in, in in the Bible is to God wants you to know something that passes knowledge. He wants you to know something that passes knowledge, which means he doesn't just want you to know it in your head. He wants you to experience it. But that takes the supernatural ability of God. God wants to give you his ability to know and experience the love of Christ and to not just experience it in one dimension, but in four dimensions. There are four dimensions to the love of Christ and he wants you to journey into that love. Watch this, because the more you know about his love and the more you experience his love, watch this, it says that you're going to be filled with, that actual word there means filled unto. You're filled unto the fullness of God, the fullness of God. Paul is praying for the God carriers. He's saying, hey, you guys have been called to carry God in the earth. You've been called to carry God wherever you are walking on this planet. But in order for you to carry God, it's going to take God doing it in you. It's going to take God for you to carry God. And so I'm praying that the spirit of God that lives on the inside of you will begin to infuse you with supernatural ability. Watch this. What is this supernatural ability? It is the ability to know the love of Christ. 
It is an incomprehensible love. It is a limitless love. There's no end to that love. But I want you, because the more you experience the love, because this no is not a head knowledge. This is experiential. So the more you experience this love, the more efficient you're going to be in carrying God in the earth. He says, so that is my prayer. I'm praying that you get power not to perform miracles. That's going to be a byproduct. I'm praying that you get power not to be a, a, a star somewhere. I'm praying that you get power to know love. I'm praying that you get power to experience love, the love of Christ. Watch this. Verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do it seeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What is that power working in us? It is the power of experiencing the love of Christ. The more I experience his love, the more God can do for me. What God is doing in me, what God is doing through me is a direct result of how much I have experienced his love. Jesus performed miracles, the Bible says, because he was moved with compassion. Compassion and love, it moved him. God wants me to be a God carrier. But in order for me to be a God carrier, I've got to take a journey into his love. I've got to take a journey into his love. I've got to take a journey into his love. I've got to be rooted and grounded in his love. I've got to know that my root system is rooted in the fact that he loves me and he loves everybody that I will encounter. He is a loving savior. He is a loving savior and he's doing it according to the power that's working in me. And the power that's working in me is the power of love. Do you know what raised Jesus from the dead? How did God raise Jesus from the dead? He raised Jesus from the dead through the power of love. He did. That's why the Bible says John three sixteen: for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How did God do that? God so loved the world. For God so loved. That is the power that's working in you. That is the same power that got Jesus out of the grave. It was the love of God. And verse 21 ends, because I'm out of time. <laughs> says, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus Throughout all ages, world without end. It's a world without end. We're never coming to the end of the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is a world. That's why when you look at the, the age, this age and the age to come, the age to come is the kingdom of God. It is the, God has his own world and he said, we, we just give him glory. We give him honor. We give him praise throughout all ages, world without end, which means his kingdom is never going to stop reigning. His kingdom is never going to stop ruling. I'm going to always going to be on a journey into the love of God. And why? Why do I need that? Why do I need to be rooted and grounded in love? Why do I need Christ to dwell in my heart by faith? Why do I need to comprehend a greater degree and experience even more the love of God? It's because I've been called to be at habitation of God. I've been called to carry God in the earth. That is why I'm here. That is why you are here. And that is what Paul was praying. Paul was praying. I want you all to have the, the supernatural ability you need to carry God in the earth. You are God carriers. 
You are God carriers. I release you today to carry God wherever you go. The Bible says in Colossians that it pleased the Lord for Christ to dwell, to have on the inside of him bodily the fullness of the Godhead. I'm telling you that it pleases the Savior for you to carry the fullness of God in the earth. You are a God carrier. That is why you are being delivered. It is why you are being changed. It's why you are being transformed. Well, guys, I'm out of time this week. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this week's episode. Don't forget to leave your reviews. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to let me know how this is blessing and encouraging you because I want all of our lives to be changed. I want all of our lives to be transformed. I want all of us to fall more in love with Jesus Christ so that we can be the God carriers he desires us to be in the earth today. I'll see you all same place, same time next week. God bless. Thank you.